and welcome to the Totally Scottish Football Show. Totally Scottish Football with Totally Scottish hosts. I'm Andrew Slavin and what a start it's been to the season in Scotland. We're two games into the campaign and the Celtic manager has already had to deny reports he's quitting. A goal of the season contender was enough to settle the Lanarkshire derby and one team ended their 470-day wait for a victory. We'll be going behind the scenes at a team looking to avoid a similar fate to Brecon. That's Aloha Athletic. Back alongside me in the studio is JJ Bull of The Telegraph. Because you can't be a bit of bully. Many have described JJ and I as impudent upstarts. We need a bit of authority in the room to keep us in line, so we've called upon journalistic royalty. Formerly of The Guardian, The Telegraph, The Times, you name it. Now chairman of the Football Writers Association, it's Patrick Barclay. Well, there's only one place to start, and that's in Edinburgh. Forget about the fringe. All the entertainment you could ask for was at Tynecastle. We were a bit sceptical about Hearts in our pre-season preview, and so far in this campaign they've made us look like absolute mugs. Craig Levine's men ended Celtic's 69-game unbeaten run last season, and they were at it again, beating the boys 1-0 on Saturday. Kyle Lafferty with the only goal of the game. He hasn't started for Hearts amidst the speculation of a move to Rangers, but Levine started him on Saturday. Is that because he knew how much he'd be up for it, Patrick? Do you think? You know, he was certainly yes, someone. Yeah, it must have been an easy decision. Um, you know, to play him against Celtic, uh, given where he's, what his next employer is going to be. <laughs> but uh, uh, no, I think uh, it'd be nice if he stays at Hearts. Yes, it, uh, that would have been an easy decision for uh, Craig Levine to make. Yeah, JJ. Yeah, I mean, you have to play him, don't you? Mm-hmm. I wonder whether he will go to Rangers if that's still, still mm-hmm. a thing. There's not really enough money being offered yet, is there? Well, it's at, the, at the time of this recording, um, Hearts have reportedly rejected a cash-plus Lee Wallace um, offer from Rangers. Mm. Um, I reject that for a lot of things, to be fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, yep. it's, just, it's, just, it's interesting, the Lee Wallace thing, but we'll get to that at some point, I think. Yeah, no, Lafferty, so, um, and he, has a, he brings a lot of drives to that team. There's a you know, real determination and grit that he has in there. And in the way that Levine sets up Hearts, mm. very solid and defensive, you need someone who t- takes those chances. Yeah. What a finish yeah. as well. I mean, it was a great, great volley. A decent ball, actually. A lovely deep, deep cross and a turn of pace from... Uh, Piazzu. Yes. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, who looks like a really good His signing. Power. People are saying, Earth. is he a replacement for, yeah. for Lafferty? It would be great to see them continuing to play together. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the thing about Lafferty is that he's a nuisance. In that sense, he's a bit like Kenny Miller was, you know, or is. Um, (laughs) You never, even when you think you've got him under control, you haven't really. You know, he he does something that hurts you. Particularly against Celtic. He got Mm. three against them last season. Mm. You know, he just turns up for these games against against, uh, against, uh, Brendan Rodgers. Seems like... uh Mr. Naismith turns up for those games as well. <laughs> well, yeah, he was another player who who really you know stood out for maybe sometimes the wrong reasons yeah. in this game. Yeah, compared guess. to last weekend when I thought he was excellent, you know, this weekend he was didn't didn't cover himself in glory. No, well, the business with uh, Johnny Hayes was uh, yes. If 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 we'd have had um, you know VAR or whatever, uh, he'd have gone. No question about it. You know, two hardly heinous assaults. Mm. Um, for what 
didn't appear an awful lot. It just looked like a barge. If that, you know, it just looked like a collision, actually. It was, it was, he was, you know, for the first incident with Hayes, he was the victim of, yeah. the, of the first challenge, yeah, yeah. but it's his reaction to it. Yeah. And something that I thought was just kind of a little bit disappointing is that, you know, if you're a young child watching games and you know you're a young yeah. hearts fan and you look yeah. at his reaction yeah. that aggression towards your your opposite number it is aggression yeah. it is aggression and it's i know i know the game is about you know you're battling to win the game mm. but it's just something that you don't need to see no I agree, I, I agree with you there i mean within the game you constantly hear this parrot cry about oh you want that bit of devil or you want I think what you want is uh, is good football and goals and winning games. You know, mm-hmm. you know, j- just the devil for the sake of pleasing the fans is, uh, in my opinion, unprofessional. He was also he was picking a fight with Scott Brown as well. Um, a lot of the game, I've never seen this in mm-hmm. Naismith's game before. I think he's, I'm a great admirer of his, you know. But um, anyway, uh, the thing is, Hart's got the result, so he's got the last laugh. But it's not been a good week for Celtic. Uh, missing out on John McGinn who's went to Aston Villa mm-hmm. uh, got two assists as well yeah. <laughs> on his debut yes. uh, but it's interesting what's going on there at the moment with Brendan Rodgers missing out on a couple of signings there's meant to be unrest behind the scenes there what yeah. do you think I, I'm going to direct this at Patrick actually yeah, yeah. I was going to say is this maybe the is the beginning maybe of the harsh? end yeah yeah of course it is I mean the, the thing about Brendan Rodgers is um and I don't mean this critically, he was never going to stay at Celtic for a long time. The only way he can really significantly increase his prestige at Celtic, and he knows this, is by making a mark on Europe, the way O'Neill did, you know, for example, to take one, one sure. Gordon Stracker, you know. But unfortunately, the players aren't, there's no Henrik Larsson, there's no Chris Sutton. Um, so it, it's uh, it's very it's going to be very very difficult for him to do that, especially after you know the result against AEK Athens. So what I think the positioning is now politically is, and I'm, I haven't spoken to Brendan Rodgers, so I don't I I, I can't I'm only mind reading uh, is that he's kind of preparing the ground for departure, and it will be an honest departure because he's he hasn't come for one season brushed up his or rehabilitated suppose it not that he needed to and then gone away he's uh, he's come and stayed and paid his dues but i'm sure he'll be gone by next summer without a question well, well you say you know if he's going to increase his prestige mm. um, and that that's he's going to have to do that within the champions league yeah. if they don't progress the champions league and he only has maybe europa yeah. league is that something if, if, a, if a job stand still. if a job comes up in england which could easily happen by october november mm. and it's think you go mm. well that's one that I've, oh. it all de- it all depends i mean what what job could come up what 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 big massive job could come up cardiff <laughs> i mean yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be an interesting one <laughs> That's not going to happen. And, but more likely to happen, I would say, would be Newcastle. Um, if Rafa Benitez finally loses patience with Mike Ashley's meanness. You see, Celtic's meanness is different. Celtic haven't got the but the best will in the world. Celtic haven't got the kind of money Newcastle have. Brendan Rodgers came into Celtic and galvanised that football club. Mm. So is it not a little bit arrogant of the club to not support your manager? You know, if you're the board... You know, you would probably be trying your best to keep, you know, your best manager for years. Well, I think that's very difficult because we've got the best squad 
the best manager in the league mm. and the best, you know, that's yeah. the best team. Yeah. So what is, what is the point of investing in players now to make them that much better? Who can you get for the money they've got? There's mm. no one that's really going to improve it. I mean, Rodgers has even said that. Mm. So you lose someone like Boyata for, say, 8, 10 million, probably what they'd get for him. Uh, there's no one available who'd be as good as he will be, potential-wise. Mm. So they're mm. kind of screwed with that. So they're either wasting now. Yeah. They might as well keep the money and keep investing it. Maybe invest in some kids for now. If they're really, if they're in any sort of trouble by January, there's another window there you yeah. can invest in. Yeah. And I, I think, and your point about Newcastle as well, something like that. If you were to go to the Premier League to a team like that, then sure, there's money, but he's the same problem there with how does he get where he's going. And I think he has got some prestige from being up north. Yeah. I think he's done a lot to his own good for leading a team to titles. That's yeah. good for a CV. Yeah. AEK Athens versus Celtic in the Champions League on Tuesday night. Uh, 1-1 from the first leg. AEK with that vital away goal, which is a huge blow for Celtic, JJ. It's such a huge task going away to somewhere like Greece. The atmosphere is so, so, uh, I don't know what the words, vociferous, it's just loud, it's a, you know, a bubbling cauldron. Partizan. Yeah, it's Partizan. Unlike Parkhead. Come on, come on. <laughs> no, fair's but, fair. Yeah, but you go there, I mean, they've got experience, so it's it's the same might be both. okay. They'll line up and however they want to approach it. Mm. That away goal is a real killer, so they have to go and yeah. score. So at least they know they have to go, and that means they might... They have to go out and play. Yeah. Play as if they're playing in the league. Yeah. In the Scottish League, you know. Uh, yeah, so at least it makes their mind up. And Celtic have fared better away from home in the qualification process yeah. rather than in yeah. the in the group stages. So we'll, we'll see. I, I want to bring it back to Hearts, really, um, because yeah. me and JJ have been accused of uh, <laughs> maybe being a bit harsh in Hearts um, in our preview to yeah. the season. Yeah, I've and, heard um, that. I, I do. <laughs> well, I, I, I have to say, I thought they were by far the better team, and I think they deserved the, the three points. No pressure. And, and and bringing you up earlier on in, on Uchi Piazzo, he is a absolute powerhouse up front. Looks a tremendous signing, he really does. Um, but it was a good team performance. I think the, there was the goal line clearance that sort of summed it up yeah. for me. Mm. As Smith was it that summed the, the the team performance up for me. If you look at, I, I looked afterwards at the statistics. It was a fifty fifty game, so mm. <laughs> that it it was going to take a piece of genius or a terrible mistake to yeah, win it I th- and it was a, a well, maybe not a piece of genius but a piece of immaculate technique uh, to win it and they did take a long time to get into the game because of the weekend several changes in the team it can help but make your mentality a bit different as yes. well when you approach a game and it's not your main focus it's yeah. fair to do that absolutely yeah. And, yeah exactly Yeah, I think um, it's just on the point of hearts that boy Peter Hearing yeah he we was, talked about him last time. Oh, God, he was so good. He is. Like I'll tell you what, that, that, that Austrian second division must be magnificent league. But Levine, <laughs> Levine's prone to that. He, he can pick a gem. Yeah, he, he does look uh, a, t- a terrific signing and a sort of steadying influence, yeah. yeah some of the, it was the long switch diagonal balls that had, yeah. the way it just opened up the pitch and it yeah. meant that Hearts had come out of a defensive shell straight into attacking. So useful. And you've, like, Levine, I'm sure, I know he plays really defensively a lot of the time, but. He wants to score goals and be able to stretch the pitch that quickly. Mm. That's such a an asset. If if he can keep that up over a season, he'll be a candidate for signing of the season. You're listening to the Totally Scottish Football Show with Andrew Slaven. Hibernian had the chance on Sunday to match neighbours' hearts on two wins out of two, but were held to a 1-1 draw at St Johnston. We're joined now by Scott Bubis, a Hibs fan, on the Totally Scottish Football Show. How you doing, Scott? Yes, very good, thank you. Thanks for getting my name correct as well. <laughs> Not a problem at all, I'm glad, I'm glad I did. Um, well, Hibs are still unbeaten. Um, what have you made to the start of the season? 
Um, well, league-wise, I think the first game, Motherwell, we were we were a lot better than expected because of the kind of European tiredness and all that kind of stuff that comes with it. But the game against St. Johnson, chopped and changed a little bit. We rested a few players, a few players with carrying injuries. Camberry was maybe a slight injury doubt for the European games, so he's rested, putting a few guys that maybe hadn't had the football on their legs. That's what we expected, and we didn't quite hit the ground running in that match. Missed a lot, a lot of big chances. Um, lacked that little bit of drive from from midfield that we're lacking. Um, obviously, the McGinn McGeech departures are arguably our two most influential players. So, yeah, it was it was tougher. It was tougher than expected, but we'll take a draw for the second game of the season, basically. What difference do you um, you notice in the team when McGinn's not there in the past? Do you think it's going to be it's a huge season definer? It's one of these things when when you when you see McGinn or when he's shown in the highlight programs, you see you know he's he's kind of an all action guy and he's his passing's very good. He's got a really good shot and a lot of the, a lot of the work you don't really see unless you go and you know you've got a season ticket. You you don't see his ability to kind of keep the ball, protect the ball, and his positioning and his, his strength to kind of win those fifty fifties that a lot of players in his position in the league wouldn't have that kind of impact. So. He's that guy he'll 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 win you those fifty fifties. It's more of a seventy thirty with him, um, and I think he's just got that he's got that little bit of edge and that aggression and competitiveness that I don't think many many central midfielders in the country can kind of get close to, other than maybe Scott Brown and and arguably well Kenny McLean last year at Aberdeen, when, but he's left now. So yeah. yeah, he's kind of he's combative. That's the one. What sort of impact do you expect from from someone like Emerson Heinemann? Uh, coming in on loan from Bournemouth, are you pleased with that? Do you think that's a like for like um, replacement? Yeah, I'm, I'm pleased with I'm, I'm pleased with him coming in. I wouldn't say it's so much a, a like for like. I think he's got he's got a bit more speed up and down the park. He's a bit more kind of wiry. Um, seems a little bit more of a kind of uh, a bit better technically on the ball, possibly dribbling. But um, I wouldn't say it's a like for like. He doesn't quite have the the physical attributes that um, the McGinn possesses, but. Um, I think he'll do a job in a slightly different way. I think he maybe his energy levels would be just as good, and I think he's got that he's got that quality maybe in and around the box where he might get a few more goals from from open play. And I saw him at Rangers, and he was he was a young player there. Yeah, there he was he was really really good, really good player. So hopefully he comes onto a game with first team football. Have you seen much Ollie Shaw? Yeah, I have actually. Yeah. Um, what do you make of him? I used to do, used to do the, the football manager research for Hibs, so I watched quite a few development games when he was there, and <laughs> he was he was one of the guys. I mean, development level, kind of the absolutely bang the goals in. Um, very very strong for that for that level. He's he's knocking at the door to be kind of our next kind of good young striker coming through. We've had a bit of a conveyor belt over the years. Um, very very good natural finisher. He's got a good instinct. Um, holds his own he, you know he's still he's still a bit of a raw talent but yeah. I think he could probably he could definitely assist with goals wise this year I think Canberry, McLaren and uh, Ollie Shaw is a bit of an understudy coming in and um, leading the line every now and then yeah he's he's good young player but he's I don't think he's quite there yet but that's just my opinion he, he anticipated the pass for the goal quite well which is what you like to see in a striker you know you always want to ex- expect that that pass to come in at the far post and he, he put it away well yeah he's, he's good he's I think Probably his best attribute is just kind of that striker's instincts on the last shoulder. He's he's very very sharp. I mean he's not an out and out speed merchant, but he'll he'll get you there. He'll he'll maybe he'll anticipate the pass a lot quicker than the centre backs he's up against. Especially you know Scottish football. I mean development level. He's, he was he was streaks ahead. But I think even in Premiership, there's a lot of defenders that maybe don't think he's that much of a threat. But he's got that knack to kind of 
turn the man and get in. So he took his goal well. Yeah, he takes a lot of a lot of difficult goals well, and he's 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 a good he's a good guy for the season. I think. What did you file him as in your um, FM football manager scouting report? What was your um, potential ability? In in between, he was in between a kind of exciting youngster and a hot prospect, but. Uh, He's a little bit older now, so I don't know where I put him. But uh, still, be a hot prospect. He'd maybe get a move down to uh, the championship in a couple of years for a few million pounds. That's where I put him. Ruin his career doing that. He's <laughs> the, the highs. Well, Scotland. you know, you've got to take the money in the Scottish leagues. You've got to try and compete with the big guys. So that's, uh, that's what I'd probably do. But. Well, you are competing um, in the Europa League against Malta in Norway on Thursday. You know, the first leg was nil nil. But how do you fancy Hibs in the second leg? I, th- I, th- I generally think we're, we've got a very, very strong chance. We could have done with a couple of goals uh, in the last match, but I mean, it, it doesn't really matter in terms of we need to score anyway, and it'll be the away goal. We've got a lot of attacking options. Uh, Stevie Mallon's absolutely flying at the moment as well. So I think Ollie Shaw might not start. It all depends on Barry's fitness. I think he's he's the main man that does all the dirty work. He he runs the channels. He works hard. He chases everything down. Um, so if he's got a chance of being fit, I think that's probably why he didn't start the weekend. He'll he'll play over over Shaw. JJ, looking at St Johnston, you know it was it was a better performance, you know, compared to last week. But Tony Watt pretty upset not to be credited with the opening goal. Well, I mean, we have gone through this frame <laughs> by frame on YouTube <laughs> to decide whose goal it is. So Tony Watt has said that he won't follow any of these flash scores. Flash score and Sky Sports uh, attributed it to Ryan Porteous as an own goal. Because... Tony- it hit Ryan Porteous, that's well, because. Well, Tony Watt nicks the ball away. It's really good, the anticipation, a little bit of poaching. Nicks it away, good control, put onto his right foot. And here's where the important bit is. He is level with the six-yard box, right? So he lo- he looks up, and we go, <laughs> frame by frame. I'm going to try and paint a picture with my words. And he goes, frame by frame. And you can see he looks up and he sees. Now, the number four, um, let me just get this Alston, right. Alston, wasn't it? Yeah, Alston, that's right. Um, he is waiting at the near post for a tap-in, and he can quite easily put that in if the ball is fired low into his foot. However, the ball struck low. I think it's going towards the far post. I think it's going in. It comes off the foot of the defender and bounces over the goalkeeper. Right. So you can't tell that it is on target. But I really think it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it's if the shot is on target and it deflects off a player, you can award the goal to the player who takes the shot. Oh, but he shot it. He shot the shot. It's a cross come shot. <laughs> That's the way it is. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Tony. I'm not going to give it to you. I would be raging if I hit that and it wasn't my goal. Uh, yeah, well, of course you would because you're a striker I... and you're 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 judged on goals. Well, thank you. Aberdeen secured their first victory in the Premiership this season away at Dundee. Gary Mackay Stephen from the penalty spot for last season's runners-up with 15 minutes to go. Patrick, you're a you know, an avid Dundee fan. Yes. Where does your love affair with the D Well, that begin? was my hometown. So I grew up in Dundee, and uh, people won't be able to see how old I am. They might be <laughs> able to tell from my croaky voice, but my grandfather it used to tell me about, and I don't think he even saw this team, but this was the Dundee team that won the 1910 Scottish <laughs> Cup, right? Ah, uh, yeah. So, that obviously, it's Dundee... I remember. Being, a, being, a, being a, a glory hunter, even in those days, <laughs> I, I thought, right, I'm going to support that team. And, and I pestered him until he took me to Dens Park. 
And he took me, and this is again how long ago it was. I was probably about nine or ten. And he took me in, in his car. He had a car, not everybody did in those days. And he dropped me outside Dens Park, gave me five pence or whatever the admission was. I went into the game, and he came and picked me up afterwards, well, completely alone. <laughs> and I watched that those dark blue shirts, and I fell in love, just completely fell in love. And sorry, I, I, I won't take up as much time. No, times no, are no, good but, great. but this that would have been about 1957 something about like that that would have been about 10 and uh, f- just about four years later and I became a, become a regular by then four years later we won the league and a year after that we finished in the last four of the European of the champ- what's now the Champions League mm-hmm. and I thought it's always going to be like this yeah <laughs> I bet well that was the first of my footballing misjudgments. I then carried that into a forty-year career as a journalist. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was. So I'm, I've always been in love with Dundee, and uh, but it's just that this season, for the first time, because I've retired as a journalist, uh, I'm able to have I've got a season ticket for Dundee and Fulham, which is mm-hmm, my local mm-hmm, club. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, it's it's just great to be a, a supporter, you know. After when after forty years working Saturdays which is the big drawback of being a football writer <laughs> it's 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 fascinating to listen mm. to that because mm. you don't really have those stories for, for young kids as no, much no. in Scotland anymore but just to think Dundee were in the like you said the last four of last four. what's now well, the Champions well, League well, the, is, the city is, of Dundee you know is, 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 is one of the greatest football cities in Europe because we we have two teams um, the other one, I've forgotten the name of the other team, uh, <laughs> but uh, they uh, in about 1984 apparently got to the last four. So we've only entered twice. The city people, teams from the city of Dundee have only entered the Champions League or equivalent twice, and we've never failed to get to the to the last four. <laughs> so I mean, what a place! What a place! Let's talk about Dundee now. Um, yeah, just managed to stay up last season. Yeah, me and JJ said. You know, in our preview, we we tipped uh, them to be a real struggle inside. Yes, uh, you were right, uh, and um, you know, two defeats out of two, it looks it doesn't look very good. No, no. What no. do you think of what do you think of the job McCann's done? Do you rate him as a manager? Do you think he's got a long future? Is it a? I don't know because I don't know if he's he's going to be a good manager or not because this is his first job. Uh, um, he's only what two years into it, something like that, um, or less. Um, so you know it's a bit early, early to judge. Um, the rumours are that 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 he doesn't get on with all of the players. Um, the reality, which I see, and which I very much approve of, not only in the first team but in the um, de- development team last season. Now the under 18s who had the first game, second game last week. The reality is that he's instilling a a passing game throughout the club and a heartily. Uh, applaud that so you know you always hear rumours about managers and players for so I hope they're untrue because I would love someone who cares about youth and who cares about passing uh, to be in charge of Dundee Football Club so I just I just hope he's hope he's a terrific manager um, he's certainly got an eye for a signing mm. I mean Stephen Colker would be absolutely <laughs> yeah a case in point but even more dramatically for me a lad who um, played the whole game at the beginning of last season. They played the whole season. He's been injured so far this year. Glenn Camara is a beautiful footballer. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, he's the the most 
beautiful stylist to play for Dundee since Gary Harkins. Um, and yeah, you you might say Gary Harkins, how many caps did he win? But I'm telling you, what a footballer. He what was, a talent. Yeah, 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 what a talent that man had. And Camera is uh, uh, different in style, but equal in terms of when you watch the ball, mm. he draws your he draws your eye, you know, just because mm. of his, the style of his play. Uh, so I just hope we get him. I'm counting the hours. I could tell you how many hours there are till midnight on the 31st of August because I really want to keep him. I mm. want to see him with uh, Marianga in particular in the midfield. Oh, I was so impressed by him. Nobody. Because can you imagine Kamara and Marianga together? They could dominate matches. Mm-hmm. It'd be hard to take the ball off us. But you if, need goals got to find goals from somewhere I know but at least we could maybe draw a few games nil nil (laughs) (laughs) just by boring the opposition to death but no no uh, to be serious that's you're quite right you've turned it round to the key thing with Dundee Football Club but we're at a stage you see actually I'm very proud that we we gave Aberdeen a 50-50 almost a 50-50 game there was a penalty rightly given fair enough Mackay Stephen every Dundee fan's favourite player rolls the penalty away (laughs) that was painful but Aberdeen deserved it but Aberdeen today, as we speak, have just signed James Wilson. Yep, great from, signing. From great a, signing. Magnificent, a fantastic signing. Now, we've been looking for a striker. We've been looking for a goal scorer to, to finish our better moves, mm. probably since before the end of last season, when it became obvious that Sofian Musa, for all his qualities, um, is a, probably a worse finisher than me. <laughs> And uh, (laughs) you you look at him and you think, you know, any fan could, you would look at Sofian Musa's finishing and you would say, oh, that's terrific. You know, I know how it feels to do that, to hit the ball, (laughs) you know, off the side of your boot. And I don't mean the right side. I mean the wrong side so it hits the corner flag. (laughs) I know the exact shot you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) He takes it with his left foot. I mean, how he's got confidence in his left foot when he can't even kick it with his right, I'll never understand. But there we go. It's ambition. You could admire it. What? It's It's ambition. It's ambition. Honestly, I, I, I think if he ever knew how good a finisher he was, he'd probably burst into tears. But um, <laughs> anyway, look, forget Oh, next week's show, is it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, we've, got, we've got to bring it round to Aberdeen. Yeah. Um, you know, f- posting a first They'll win this season. this season. Uh, yeah, sorry, uh, they'll, they'll, they'll be competitive. But, you know, a lot of that has got to be down to Derek McInnes. Uh, Patrick, in your opinion, mm. you know, how does he rank in amongst Scottish coaches right now? Very highly. I've, I th- I've, all, I've thought that you know, all along, really, since St. Johnston. You know, I've got huge respect for him. I think he's uh, he's made a brilliant signing in Wilson. Mm-hmm. I think he, I think they might have regressed slightly this season without that signing. They definitely needed Wilson, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah, they, yeah. They, they, because I mean, they they got a lot of goals. You know, season after season from the Irish lad Rooney. Mm-hmm. And he's he's gone. I wasn't quite sure how they would replace him. They've now replaced him actually with someone better. On Spotify, smart speaker, and podcast platforms everywhere, this is the Totally Scottish Football Show from Muddy Knees Media. Steven Gerrard secured his first Premiership victory as Rangers saw off St Mirren by two goals to nil at Ibrox. But for the second game in a row, Rangers were a man down before half-time. Ross McCrory sent off for a professional foul after half an hour. Is discipline an issue, Patrick? Well, I thought so when 
I, I, I was a bit perturbed um, last week when Stephen Gerrard came out with the, you know, the old stockade mentality. Oh, everybody's against Rangers. Mm. I thought, oh no, please, please grow up, Stephen. You know, or at least read a different managerial textbook. Um, this time, he at least said publicly that he had no qualms about the decision. And I thought that was a sign of him learning very quickly mm. what you should do and what you shouldn't do if you want to get decisions because you aren't going to get them by saying the world's against you. Mm -hmm. So I think he's got to curb that. Obviously, the manager is responsible for it. Mm -hmm. But I think the fact that he, he went, he changed his tune so radically in one week is a really, really good sign. Because whatever else Steven Gerrard is, stupid isn't one of them. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it was it was quite an obvious sending off as well. Yes. Wasn't it? Absolutely. And, at, and, at first look, I wasn't sure. Because <laughs> cause I think the goalkeeper would get to it. I, well, there's that. And then Conor Goldson wasn't too far away either. Yeah. But when you look at it again and again and again, I think... I'm, I never have a problem when referees err on the side of... Um, punishing the cynical player. I would never complain about, about decisions like that. Mm -hmm. You know, if you don't want to be sent off, don't do a stupid thing. Mm -hmm. Well, Alfredo Morelos got on the score straight again. Um, thankfully for him, he was able to play once his red card was yeah. was rescinded. So yeah, rightly so. You're shaking your head, JJ. I think that's a dangerous precedent. I can't believe that red card was rescinded. And uh, this is not because um, I have a soft spot for Aberdeen or anything like that. <laughs> McKenna was nudging him, and I'm sure we've been through this before, right? McKenna was nudging him, just giving him a little wind up to finish it all the time. Mm. He actually lashes out and kicks him. If anyone had done it in any game, if you do it in the World Cup final, it's sent him off. I don't think it's going to make any difference because it's the opening 10 minutes of a, of a Scottish Premiership game. Mm. Well, I, I, and to I rescind it, and, I can, and Gerard was right saying that you can see why he's giving, giving the referee the option. Yes. You know, he's getting, so I can, and then I can see. The referee sent him off. I can see why he wouldn't as well, why he might do. But that, I think that referee got that right, and that's the decision he's made. And now it just means that you can, like, um, Naismith, take it into Johnny Hayes. Yeah, but then for the same so point... So he gets away with it now, it's fine, because they've rescinded that for the red card. There's no difference, really. But, but for the same reason, you know, it should stop McKenna going in for a wee pop himself. Correct. No, I Correct. don't... Do you yeah. agree? Oh, no, I don't think well, so. Well, yeah, because for, for the... It just... It, it, you, and it, I, you and I are very much in the minority of that. <laughs> I mean, most people will be tweeting when the, the, the... Oh, come on, it's a man's game. Well, of course, but but you can't... But I don't think it's that, the man's game thing. I think it's just generally that McKenna is... He's a big loon, but he's just also... Because Morelos is faster than him, and the, 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 the phase of play that they're in, if there's a ball going in behind him, McKenna's done. He's not getting near to him, so he's just giving a little, like... You know, it'll just keep him away. It wasn't a little nudge. It's <laughs> big. I mean, a nudge is the wrong word to use. Well, maybe and also a nudge, a nudge is a foul, isn't it? Well, I don't know, but then there's loads of things you see all over the pitch. I, think I know. I, I agree yeah. with you, but that—that's uh, no reason why. If a referee spots, I, I, I know that's not what we're talking about. Sure. We're talking about the retaliation. <laughs> yeah. But it's not up to Morelos to referee the game by giving. No, no of course not. <laughs> giving a flag. I, I, but yeah. we could talk about this for mm. hours. Sure, sure, and sure. And it's sure. brilliant. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> He's a good player, Morelos, and I don't think it's discipline problem with Rangers as such. They actually looked very well. I think Gerrard's got got them really in control. They were well organised. Yeah. I thought they were really well organised. Them set up very well. Simon had a couple of chances. You know. Mm. Um, 
uh, Mullen hit the bar. Um, but that's the what they were 10 but, men though, wouldn't it? Well, yeah, of course. But um, we should talk about Rangers going to Slovenia on Thursday. Uh, they've got a 3-1 uh, lead in that, Maribor. which is, you know, Maribor, going into that game, Maribor were probably the favourites. Really good result for Rangers and we should hope that they, they do well on Thursday. Mm-hmm. The only worry again is the, uh, the away goal. The away goal, which, yeah. Could two, come to bite two you. 2-0, 2-0. But, no, I think, uh, you know, Gerard again... You know, tremendous European experience. He has made an impressive start. You know, we're talking about the team being well organised. You know, he's he's only just come to Scottish football. Mm-hmm. I I think you know, I would be optimistic that he'll 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 do enough to get this team through. What 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 is key for me is you you know, in his press conferences how confident he is in himself, Very. and that confidence will definitely you know go into the dressing room and command the respect of those players. Well, that's it. I mean, the, a guy who's won a, a well, he's credited with winning it almost single-handedly in Istanbul. Uh, in Istanbul. Yeah. That wasn't that quite how I saw the game, but um, <laughs> that respect and that history will really stand Rangers in good stead in mm-hmm. in European matches, of which I hope there'll be quite a few. I loved that quote about Ryan Jack. This was last week. And he was asked about his his performance in midfield. And he said, I used to be a midfield player myself, you know, as if we didn't know. And uh, he said, I was envious of that performance. Mm -hmm. He said the the, the work he put in. Now, the message that sends out, I mean, just listening to it, you can can feel Ryan Jack growing about it. Oh, he's going to be such a good player under Stephen Gerrard. I mean, he was a great player before Gerrard arrived. Yeah, uh, hugely missed by Aberdeen. Yes, um, but he—if he can just take his game to another level—I really think he can. He'd be great in Europe if they can get through. Mm. And they—I sh- mean, they should. Mm. They've got all the the weapons there. Mm. What a coach to have! Let's look around the grounds now. It's our man Craig Anderson with the headlines from the Scottish Championship, League One and League Two. While I would usually begin with some championship action, it's only appropriate to bypass the second tier momentarily and give some love to Brecon City in League One, who have finally won a league game. Darren Dodd's men finally snapped their long League 38 game losing run to finally get the feeling of what picking up three points feels like as they defeated East Fife 1-0. You have to go back to April the 29th, 2017 when the Glebe Park men last did this, when they overcame Albion Rovers by the same scoreline before venturing into a season in the Championship that yielded 36 games, 4 draws and 32 losses. 470 days on from that triumph, Jordan Sinclair sunk the methyl men with a low shot into the corner to finally give Brecon fans something to smile about at last. While we're in League 1, it was also another good day for Arbroath, who went top of the league courtesy of another good victory, this time over Stranraer at Gayfield, defeating the Stair Parkside 3-1 to give them maximum points from their two league games so far. The Gable Endies followed up last week's 4-0 away triumph at Montrose in style to put them two points clear of nearest challengers Wraith Rovers at this very early stage. Heading back up to the Championship and another team made their way to the top of the pile, also giving them maximum points as Ross County followed up last week's slender 1-0 win over Alloa with a 3-1 away win at Dunfermline Athletic. Morton crept their way up into second place behind the Digwall men with a 2-0 win at Alloa consigning Jim Goodwin's team to the bottom of the second tier. Clegg moved to the top of League 2 with another victory and another shutout as Danny Lennon's side went to fourth bank to face Stirling Albion and took away a 3-0 win. Two from Ali Love and one from David Goodwillie confirmed what turned out to be a more than comfortable victory for the Bully Wee as they looked to get themselves out of the bottom tier. 
but spare a thought for John Brogan, the Albion Rovers manager, who returned to managing in the senior ranks after spending 22 years mostly in junior football. As his team plunged to the bottom of the league with a 4-0 home loss to Peterhead, it's now six straight losses for Rovers, having lost all four of their Betfred Cup matches and now both of their league games. But perhaps even more worrying is the fact they've conceded 21 goals and yet to hit the mark in the 2018-19 season since dropping down from League One. It seems Brogan has a big job on his hands already. Thanks Craig, and as you've just heard there, it's no longer a case of breaking bad. Breaking won a league game on Saturday, 470 days after their last victory. One team looking to avoid being breaking are Aloha Athletic. The part-timers have been promoted to the championship and it's two defeats out of two so far in this campaign. Neil White has been to Clackmannanshire to ask the Aloha chairman if there is a sting in the tail this season for the Wasps. Aloha Athletic have a unique challenge ahead of them this season. They're the only part-time club in the championship. Their players and staff have day jobs and they train together twice a week. Their opponents are full-time pros. That story is not unusual in cup competition, of course, but we don't see it in the SPFL too often. Last season, there were two part-time teams in the division and both Brecon and Dumbarton were relegated. They won a combined three games in 64 attempts against any of their eight full-time opponents all season. And Aloha aren't even near the top of the part-time clubs in the lower leagues in terms of attendance or budget, yet they have been here before. They played three successive seasons in the second flight from 2013 when they cohabited with Rangers, Hearts and Hibs. They reached the playoff final in each of the past two seasons in League One, losing on penalties first time around and winning in extra time in May. They live then on the border between these two different worlds in the SPFL. I am about to meet the Alloa chairman, Mike Mulraney, to see what that's like. And if you've never really thought about the difference between part-time and full-time football, I'm going to ask him to explain it. It's the difference between doing a few hours work every day and then going home and thinking about what you're going to do with the rest of your life and having to go to work every day and then doing the few hours work. So our guys have got to be beyond committed. What you tend to find is there's two different classifications of that. There's young guys who are coming through who see this as a stepping stone to full-time football and then there's slightly older pros who say, no, I'm a doctor or I'm a brickie and I don't want to lose my career but I love football and I'm pretty good at it. So I want to mix that part up in my life. It's a different kind of character that we have even within our own squad. If you're a senior manager with HMRC, do you want to give that up? You know, as you come through and you develop it, maybe for some of these chaps at 24, you go, really? You know, so they've got a career, and they, but they want to play football at the highest level. And what kind of competitive gap does that create between a club like Aloha and just say a club like Falkirk, just down the river? You know, fitness, you'd be surprised. Our guys can match them. Our guys, you know, in the main, they only train two nights a week with us, but most of them are then doing two other training sessions on their own. Where we have got an obvious disadvantage is on recovery rates. If you're tired after a late night game, you're up in the morning, some of them at seven o'clock to go to work. And if you're injured, likewise, quite frankly, some of my players, I think are better than a load of the full-time players, but they want to be part-time. So that touches on recruitment. I guess we're used to teams within the same division 
competing in the same kind of feeding pool for the same players and they're in competition with each other. Now that's, I would imagine, simply can't happen with Alloa and the other teams in the division this season. There, believe it or not, there is a bit of overlap because there's some players that we've offered terms to that we would be negotiating with them when they get offered full-time terms and they're deciding which way they want to go. That tends to be players in the later stages of their career. In the main, their instinct, because it's what they know, is to stay full-time, even when perhaps they would benefit from going part-time and, and moving on to the next phase of their life where they transition. The other part where we will be in the same feeding pool is with loan players, because we will be going for the same loan players. Now, some loan players will say, I want to go full-time with that full-time club. So we would argue that the sensible decision for a loan player would be to come to Alawa, where they can retain the identity of their parent club, and that could be in England. We're speaking to a couple of English clubs right now about loan players, where they could come up to us on a Thursday night, train Thursday night, Friday rest, play Saturday and go home on a Saturday night and back to their own club for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. But you're, you're right. In the main, we're trying to pick up the best 15 part-time players that are available to us in the nation. I want to talk about it from a business point of view as well. How do you plan for the future of your, of your business or this part of your business, Allo Football Club, when on the last day of the season, like literally the playoff final, the last 10 minutes of the playoff final, you don't know if you're going to be in the championship against Dundee United and Renes, Ross County, Partick Thistle, or in League One against, with no disrespect intended, um, a Brecon or an Airdrie. The challenge is no for me as the chairman and as a board the challenge is the managers. He is the, the, the chap who's got to get a totally different structure of a team in the championship or the first division with two totally different budgets. That he knows and is known for some months before the end of the season where we discuss it. So he's got two totally different working models for how he's going to create a team. And the real challenge that gives him is he can't sign them, a lot of them, till the last day of the season, or the day after. Because there's players that we would ha have re-signed had we not went up, that we released. And there's players that we'd want to sign if we go up, that we wouldn't want in the first division. So, for Jim Goodwin, it is a fantastic challenge. For the club itself, it's actually pretty easy. 90 seconds to go, we equalise. At that point, I think we're going to win it. And we did. 90 seconds earlier, he's got a totally different plan moving forward. Totally different. He's, he's meeting those players after the game thinking, well, you're now staying. As opposed to you win, and the player who's done fantastically for you and contributed to the success and rightly gets his moment on the pitch and afterwards in the celebrations, sadly leaves you. Alawa are managed this season by the former St Mirren Dark Arts master Jim Goodwin. They started out with a 1-0 defeat against title favourites Ross County up in Dingwall and they held out for 88 minutes at 0-0 in that game. They're about as short a price to go down from the championship as Celtic are to win the Premier. They have fewer fans than their rivals, less money, their players have day jobs. They do things differently here. But I'm not convinced that come May, they won't have a shot at surviving against those odds. You're listening to the Totally Scottish Football Show with Andrew Slaven. Cunningham to take this free kick. It's back off the wall. It's Stephen Boyd! What a hit that is! 
That's a beauty from the substitute. He's only on the pitch 30 seconds. And he makes an immediate impact. Motherwell nil, Hamilton won. Tremendous result for Hamilton in the Lanarkshire derby. We've all felt this season will be a struggle for Martin Canning's men. But it was an incredible goal by Stephen Boyd. Goal of the weekend, probably, not just in Scotland, but anywhere. What a hit. Like The way that sits up for him is so perfect to smash. Yeah. And... Oh, I just love when those goals go in. You know when it hits your foot? You feel it. Yeah. It flies. It's like, goes, a, it's like a golf swing <laughs> as well, isn't it? You just hit the tee. Oh, what? Especially what? to do it in a derby, you know. Oh. You'll never have to buy a pie and have it again. Uh, Martin Canning has done some job. I can't. I know we talked about this before, I mm-hmm. think, in our preview, but how does he get... He just does so much with so little... He does, he does, and it was it's a really vital, it's going to prove to be a vital three points. Mm. You know, I know it's early on in the season, but to get three points at Motherwell, you know, yeah. local derby, it's huge. And weirdly with Motherwell, they don't look as snappy as they did last season. There's something... Well, you were, you were praising them, weren't you? Yeah. As well, you thought they would do quite well this season, but it's not been a great start. I think that kind of style of play with the clear, clear pressing triggers and that you need everyone just to be really going at it from the start, and I wonder whether... Don't know. It's, it, they'll come good. They'll come good. It's a couple of results. But. Well, last season I I was, uh, you know, where watching the Motherwell Dundee games, I was, I was aghast at how, how much better than us they were, yeah. mm. uh, most of the time. So, uh, yeah, I'm surprised that they got no points from two games. But uh, as you say, it it is early in the season. I suppose from the from the Dundee point of view. You know, we've got a game against them coming up in, in a couple of weeks, so mm-hmm. maybe I don't wish them a revival <laughs> quite yet. Connor <laughs> Salmon has got massive since he's been in. <laughs> we've seen him. It's like a military-grade salmon. He's like He was so big. Something in the water? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> he just, uh, they're really missing a bit of, um, I don't know the word is, maybe technical proficiency up front. Livingston nil, Kilmarnock nil, a first point in the Premiership for 12 years for Livingston. Um, not the most entertaining game uh, you'll see, but Kenny Miller can be happy with his first point as a manager. And Steve Clark can be happy with the Kilmarnock side that are yet to concede a goal in the Premiership. Mm. Kelly have kept five clean sheets in six games. That's impressive. Um, it's more impressive they did it on the pitch that was sinking beneath the weight of the little rubber balls. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen any highlights or anything in that game. Oh my God, you, it looks like a computer game glitch. Oh, like Every second yeah. there's a ripple effect goes out from all the, the little rubber bits. <laughs> They're housed, they'll never get rid of that amount of little rubber balls <laughs> at Livingston pitch. Livy, and also, by all accounts, it was one of the worst games of all time. <laughs> really? But the impact that, that Steve Clark has made at, at at Kilmarnock is is remarkable. If you if you add the results this season, based on the results towards the end, yeah. the back mm-hmm. of last season, you would say that um, they should even be looking beyond top six. Thanks for listening. We'll be back on Monday after the top two in League Two go head to head with Peterhead hosting Clyde, and in the second round of the Betfred Cup, it's Clark versus Gerard. Kilmarnock versus Rangers bye for now you've been listening to the Totally Scottish Football Show a Muddy Knees Media production for sales and advertising email sales at muddykneesmedia.com and make sure you check out our other football podcasts the Totally Football League Show with Caroline Barker and of course the Totally Football Show with James Richardson <laughs>